News listeners, this is Dan Cavallari, tech editor at Velo News, coming at you with another Velo News tech podcast. And today's podcast is sponsored by Giordana. The Giordana Sagittarius logo has been a staple of the Pro Peloton for decades, made in Italy for cyclists by cyclists since 1979. Thanks to a long history of partnerships with the top teams in the sport, they have the knowledge to deliver clothing that the pros rely on. Today, it's not just the Mitchelton Scott and Astana Pro teams that benefit. Giordana's goal is to empower every rider to reach new heights. That's the drive that constantly pushes them to create and innovate. Everything Giordana makes is designed to enhance cycling performance and enjoyment, whether you're a professional racer or a weekend warrior. Check them out. Head over to GiordanaCycling.com to see what's new. For a limited time, you can get 25% off your purchase when you use the code PODCAST. Tell you what, guys, gravel sure has gotten soft, hasn't it? By which, of course, I mean uh, gravel bikes have gotten suspension in recent years, which I suppose should not be too much of a surprise given that you're riding off-road where there's lots of chatter and lots of big bumps that you would want to soften. Uh, And so I wanted to talk a little bit today about whether or not gravel uh, suspension really makes sense and how it differs from other types of suspension, particularly mountain bike suspension. And we've seen enough uh, new designs at this point that uh, there's different ways of damping that, that kind of vibration and the big hits. So I wanted to talk a little bit about what makes the most sense on gravel bikes. We've seen everything from specializes future shock to, uh, the other end of the spectrum, which is essentially Niners MCR, which is a full suspension gravel bike. So today I spoke, uh, of course, with, with my colleague, Ben Delaney, who has embraced gravel probably more than anybody else I know, actually. Um, and, and he rides a lot of it. So I wanted to get his sense of, uh, what types of suspension makes sense for his type of riding, which, you know, he's done a lot of races. He does a lot of, uh, casual rides in and around Boulder, Colorado. And then I wanted to talk to Zach Vestal from Niner, uh, because Niner made one of the more, uh, I don't want to say outlandish, but certainly one of the more noticeable gravel bike designs with the MCR, which is the first full suspension gravel bike. And of course, when that came out, there was a lot of uh, detractors saying, we don't need full suspension on gravel. Well, I think there's more to consider there. So I wanted to talk to Zach and get inside of uh, Niner uh, to find out why uh, they chose to go with a full suspension gravel bike. So first, let's let's hear from uh, Ben Delaney about his take on modern gravel bikes and whether suspension should factor in and if so how all right so ben you've um you spent a lot of time on gravel bikes both racing and just riding around boulder uh you've had the opportunity to test a lot of different suspension systems uh in on gravel bikes uh and also you know more rigid systems Tell me uh, about your experience with, with various suspension systems. Have they been positive? Uh, what are we getting right and what are we getting wrong? Well, Dan, suspension is like beer. They're wonderful things, but <laughs> the question is just dialing in the right amount for you, right? right. So, yeah, I've, you know, I've ridden fully rigid bikes and bikes like the uh, uh, Niners Magic Carpet Ride, which is a hoot. Um, but, you know, how much is is too much, I think, depends on the person. Mm-hmm. So for me, I'm sold on fat tires with, you know, being the primary point of suspension. I'm absolutely sold on a carbon seat post of some stripe, giving you a little bit of flex. Um, and then from there, it's just more more case by case. Mm-hmm. Um, I think like the, the red shift uh, flexing stem, that's a bit much for me, but I have really enjoyed the diverge uh, 
set up with just a, you know a very simple spring uh, under the stem, just taking a little bit of the edge off. So, does it? Do you feel like it? Uh, I mean, one of the arguments we hear a lot with these these various suspension systems is that you know it kind of keeps you fresher longer. And and on a a ride like you know the DKXL, I mean, I, I can certainly see that being a valid point. Uh, sure. Has that been your experience? Yes, keep it's yeah, staying fresh longer is a good thing. I think more of it is a weight consideration. Mm-hmm. Um I mean, if you could have a fully suspended bike that weighed the same as a rigid bike and, you know, had all the uh the bells and whistles of modern mountain bike suspension, of course you would do that. Of course you would. Yeah. Uh but you can't have that. <laughs> <laughs> um so I think that's that's more the hindrance now mm-hmm. of uh, of why you don't see more racers having more uh, broadly suspended bikes is because there's a weight penalty mm-hmm. to it. Yeah, it feels a little different, but I don't think that's the that's the drawback at sure. this point. What about I mean, what about diminishing returns? You know, we often chase the uh, the lightweight holy grail, but you know, the lightest bike isn't always the best bike. I mean, is, sure. there, is there a compromise sure. there? Yeah, I mean, there's always going to be like the Keith Bontrager thing of you know of these three things. Pick two because you can't, you've got to figure out where you want to compromise. You're going to compromise on comfort or weight or price or durability, and that, I think that's a, a big part of the fun of gravel is trying to figure out which tools to bring to it. Like you're playing Dungeons and Dragons or something like this. Figure out what like you can't have all the tools, but what are the best tools to to employ for a given you know sometimes for a given course, but certainly for a person's uh, you know, own biases or, mm-hmm. or feel. Yeah. So I, I, I spoke with, uh, Zach Vestal, the marketing manager at, at Niner bikes, which is responsible for perhaps the most, uh, popular, or at least the, the one that's garnered the most attention, uh, full suspension gravel bikes or suspension gravel bikes in general. Yeah. Um, and you know, one of the questions I asked him was, you know, is, is suspension in some form or another, the future of gravel, uh, and I'll, you know, we'll get to his answer in a moment, but what is your perspective on that? Heck yeah, absolutely. I think it, even if, if the basics of suspension is just a fat tire or a set of fat tires that yes, of course you've got to have some suspension. Um, it's just a matter of, of how much and how that is executed. And the drawbacks are, I think in my mind, primarily weight and then a, a closely tied second and related second is price. Mm-hmm. Um, and some of it is bias of, you know, well, that's just ego of not wanting to ride a, a soft bike. You don't need that. I'm a tough guy or a tough gal. I don't right. need that. Now, that's part <laughs> of it. But again, I think if you could have the, the features of a mount of a, a fully modern cross country mountain bike performance at the same weight mm-hmm. as a current gravel bike. Yeah, absolutely. You do that. So I think that's what we're chasing. Is that the future? Yes. Yeah. In a lot of ways, it seems like sort of that, that pendulum swing we saw with aero bikes on the roadside is, you know, how, how much can you get away with without the weight penalty starting to matter more than the aerodynamic gains? Uh, it's sort of that same kind of compromise in the gravel uh, world we're seeing right now, which is not surprising given how young the gravel category still is. Um, so let's, let's hear what Zach Vestal had to say about specifically about the magic carpet ride and why Niner chose to, uh, 
chase after the full suspension gravel design uh and what that what that offers the rider because there's there's quite a lot beyond just comfort uh so there's some drawbacks and there's some some real advantages that absolutely uh, yeah that uh, that zach really discusses very well so let's hear what he has to say folks we are uh talking gravel today which i guess should come as no surprise given how hot that topic has been lately uh today on the phone uh or on skype the, the the miracle of skype as i like to call it uh i've got zach vestal who's the marketing manager for niner bicycles zach how are you doing today hey i'm doing well thanks thanks for uh, thanks for coming on um I, I wanted to talk to you specifically because Niner uh, has obviously made waves with its uh, MCR, the Magic Carpet Ride, uh, as as pretty much the first full suspension uh, gravel bike to hit the market. And, you know, that came with a lot of, um, you know, a lot of support, but probably just as much, you know, naysayers and people saying, we don't need that in gravel. Um, and I've, I've recently read a fair few reviews from folks in the industry who I trust, who basically, um, you know, poo-pooed it at first and then rode the thing and said, you know what, this, this, this does make some sense. Um, my, my personal inclination is that it's probably not right for everyone, but it does serve a, a pretty important purpose. So I wanted to get at a little bit about why uh, Niner in particular uh, chose to go down the route of suspension on a gravel bike, um, where where that development came from, and how much of it is borrowed from from mountain bikes. So let's let's start pretty broad. Um, let's talk about mountain bike suspension. Uh, and when you when Niner was developing the Magic Carpet Ride, how much of mountain bike suspension? Uh, played into the decision-making process and how much of it was more of a um, addressing the needs of gravel and, and understanding that suspension could play a role rather than just borrowing specifically from mountain bike, if that makes sense. Sure. Um, that That's a good question. And I guess I should at least preface my answer by saying that uh, I wasn't at Niner um, during the development time, but I've heard enough, you know, as far as um, from the engineers, from the product managers, from the president and founder of the company, I've heard enough about the development process and sort of the ideation to, I think, you know, at least give you a, a fair answer. Um, Niner uh, definitely leaned on mountain bike suspension expertise, you know, in developing the MCR uh, full suspension gravel bike. Uh, the company was, you know, very early to market in the late 2000s with a full suspension 29er cross-country mountain bike. And the CVA suspension system that we use on all our full suspension products is, you know, and was originally developed for specifically for the larger wheels. Um, so we kind of, you know, the company already had a good, you know, suspension system that would translate from mountain biking with big wheels to gravel biking, also with the big wheels. Um, so that definitely played in. Um, I would also say that the the expertise uh, in Niner's sort of like engineering and product management wheelhouse um, was definitely influenced by endurance style mountain biking, you could say, more so than like long travel, downhill, that kind of thing. Um, so there, there definitely was enough sort of institutional knowledge from the mountain bike side 
and as well being early with the RLT gravel bike in, I believe it was 2012. Um, so the company was kind of well positioned to borrow from mountain bike endurance riding expertise and apply that full suspension know-how to a gravel bike platform. Mm-hmm. And I think it's, it's important to note that the platforms are very different, even though they do share uh, the common trait of suspension. Um, and I think, you know, recently when you and I talked about gravel suspension, you made a good point that I hadn't really considered before. And I think a lot of people haven't considered, which is that, you know, we think of suspension as a comfort feature, but there's a control feature to it as well. Can you talk a little bit about that and uh, how the, the suspension uh, affects the, the control of the gravel bike? Sure, absolutely. And I think, um, you know, the interest in creating the MCR full suspension gravel bike was definitely driven not just by control or excuse me, not just by, you know, um, need for more comfort, but uh, search for more control. Right. So if the wheels on any wheeled vehicle, if they're permitted to move up and down to follow terrain while the mass of the vehicle plus the rider is um you know isolated from those bump forces um that has a net effect of keeping the tires in contact with the ground surface whatever that is dirt pavement whatever it is um, more effectively so if the tires can track the terrain or the surface and stay in contact more effectively doesn't matter what you're doing whether you're accelerating braking or cornering um the the rider is in better control of the vehicle sure if on an unsuspended, you know, bicycle or motorcycle or car, mm-hmm. if the wheel hits a bump and lifts off the ground, yeah. all of a sudden, I mean, that basically equates to loss of control. Yeah, yeah. And and I think for, for those of you who are not mountain bikers who are listening, you know, Zach and I both, uh, we sort of do both the, the tights and the baggies. We do mountain bike and road, but a lot of you guys don't. Uh, and so to put this in terms of, of road bike uh, development in the last several years, think about the notion of wider tires. Um, wider tires at lower pressures uh, addresses what's called hysteresis, uh, which is if you think about how we used to pump up our tires to 120 or 23C tires up to 120. When you would encounter an obstacle, the tire would essentially bounce off of that obstacle. Um, and that actually makes you slower. And so by lowering your tire pressure and making the wider contact patch, you're keeping the tire uh, in contact with the ground and it's allowed to sort of mold itself around the obstacle. And that increases control and actually lowers your rolling resistance. So in a sense, suspension is doing a little bit of the same thing in terms of the control part of it, which is that your tires are more uh, in contact with the ground. Uh, and that, that ensures that you are more able to um, transfer power and uh, corner better and, 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 and the like. Um, and I think we've seen, I think it's important to note too that uh, Niner, while it's, probably, it's the first to go full suspension, we've seen other gravel and road suspension features you know we've seen like um you know specialized the diverge has its um future shock and and trek has its uh domani uh and or excuse me it's um uh what's the word i'm looking for the the, the couplers the uh <laughs> I, I'm oh, bl- ISO, speed. I, iso speed yeah sorry i was blanking on the name there's so many weird names in this bike industry so, so you know, Niner was definitely not the first, but it's definitely the first to do a full suspension uh, bike on gravel. 
so I think there is value uh, in some sort of compliance features, but Niner, in a sense, has taken it to the next level because a lot of those other things just uh, just address comfort, whereas whereas the big play here uh, with the MCR is is a comfort and control play. But let's talk about uh, how the MCR suspension differs from a mountain bike suspension. Now, I know it's the same general um, suspension system, but what's different about it? Uh, well, actually, uh, before we jump to that, let's address that um, the difference between a uh, flexing system like Trex Isospeed versus a pivoted um, air sprung oil damped you know, suspension system like on the MCR. So, um, yes, a flexing seat post or softer tires or a flexing fork or handlebars that will absorb a bump force, but it's basically whatever suspension air quotes, suspension component, if it's the handlebar fork seat post, when that's loaded with a bump force, there's nothing really inherent in that material to dissipate the bump force. So that piece of the bike is basically being loaded like a spring, and it returns almost as much energy as was put into it in the first place, right? So if you go into a series of ripple road bumps on a gravel road with a you know flexing, we'll just call it a handlebar or something, it actually can sort of like spring back uh, just as much force as you put into it to begin with. And I'm not going to say it's going to decrease control. It might feel more comfortable, but it's definitely not adding control. So that's kind of what really sets the MCR apart is using um, actual suspension components that use compressed air for the springs and oil moving through you know, valved chambers to convert that motion energy into friction energy dissipated as heat. Mm -hmm. So it's controlled, it's controlled return. Okay. Just like on a vehicle, mm -hmm. like a car or a motorcycle. Um, so that's really a big difference. Sure. It's, it's actually absorbing, um, the bump force and, and keeping the tires in contact with the ground in a controlled fashion. Um, Regarding the difference between gravel bike suspension and mountain bike suspension, um, it really has to do with the, the nature of the bump forces being encountered. So on a gravel bike, you're typically going over multiple uh, smaller bumps as opposed to somewhat fewer larger bumps. So we're calling it high frequency, low amplitude mm -hmm. kinds of impacts. Um, so the suspension basically has to move really freely to, you know, absorb these small bumps at a high rate of speed. It also has to return relatively quickly in order to sort of recover to anticipate the next bump hit. So a little bit less rebound damping, um, definitely softer off the top compared to a mountain bike suspension. And as well, because it's r really pretty short travel to begin with, we really tune the suspension so the rider is going to get full value of every last millimeter of that 50 millimeters, right? Mm -hmm. So um, the spring rate is relatively linear and it's relatively flat spring curve. Mm -hmm. So um, on a mountain bike, 
you know, there's these situations where you're jumping off a two foot ledge or maybe a four foot ledge or whatever it is and loading the suspension pretty sharply and pretty heavily in, in one shot. And one of the things in mountain bikes is, you know, you want a progressive spring curve so you don't get a harsh bottom out on those bigger hits. Those types of hits are pretty uncommon on a gravel bike. So we don't have that end stroke progression or ramp up Mm -hmm. um, in order to, you know, make sure that the rider is achieving full suspension travel. Mm -hmm. So it's really more about addressing uh, almost like a constant chatter or, or, you know, quick hits rather than the occasional big hit, because, you know, you're just not going to encounter those big hits on a gravel course. It's just not something, well, you might, but it's, (laughs) you you don't want to be encountering those, you know, big hits on a gravel ride. Exactly. It's a lot less common, right? So yeah, you're absolutely right that, um, it's really designed to, um, absorb that yeah high frequency low amplitude road chatter and by road chatter we could be talking about the ripples on you know a heavily washboarded gravel road it could be you know flinty rock sections um it could be cobbles um you know any of that stuff so and the other thing uh that kind of sets the mcr apart is just sort of how the suspension is tuned front to back right. you know we the we really made the bike for a rider who's sitting on the saddle and pedaling and yes you do that on a mountain bike for sure but i would say a majority of mountain bike suspension is sort of biased for a rider who is descending with the crank arms horizontal with their weight sort of evenly distributed front to back whereas on the mcr it's tuned for a rider who's principally sitting in the saddle, um, pedaling, you know, across surfaces and, uh, with a weight bias, maybe 60, 40, 70, 30 back to front. Right. If that makes sense. Right. And that's, that's an important thing to note is that, you know, gravel riders do sit for longer periods of time than mountain bikers do. So in that sense, the, the suspension, the suspension, has a different job than, than it does on a mountain bike. Uh, so all of those things sort of set it apart. So we're not talking about just co-opting a mountain bike suspension system and slapping it on a gravel bike. This is actually tuned and tailored to the kind of riding that you'll do on a gravel bike. Yeah, without a question. And that's one of the things we encounter is like, you know, people see the bike and even, you know, reviewers, testers, riders, the first thing they want to do is take it on a local single track or something like that. And it's like, you can do that if (laughs) that's really what you want to do, but it's, you know, and it's fun, but it's not meant for that. So don't measure the bike by what it does on a single track, take it out on your 50 mile gravel ride and see how good you feel at the end of that, because you're not getting beat up. Um, I like the bike, Honestly, I've been riding it exclusively. I've ridden it on, you know, mixed road and and gravel, and I just feel fresher and I have more fun. I like the feeling of being isolated from from the bumps underneath. Um, There is a bit of a weight penalty, but honestly, once you're on the thing, you don't notice it. Mm -hmm. Um, It's really efficient to ride. It's got front and rear lockout. Um, So if, you know, on a fully smooth surface you can you can lock it out yeah. so and I, I do think it's important to to address that notion of the, the weight um because i think a lot of especially a lot of riders coming to gravel from the roadside you know tend to be 
pretty weight obsessive. And I think, you know, on the road ride, roadside, that does make a lot of sense. Um, you do take a weight penalty to ride the MCR. Um, is that enough of a drawback uh, to discourage certain riders from this bike? I mean, how important really is is it that this adds a few pounds or whatever? Maybe maybe pounds isn't the right word, but, you know, grams uh, over something that doesn't have any suspension that's completely rigid. Um, how much of a detriment is that to the common rider? You know, I think that's up to the individual. Every individual rider has their own um, – Oh, mission, you know, what do you want to accomplish with your bike ride and what's the tool to accomplish that? So, um, yeah, there are plenty of riders who are going to prefer a 17 pound gravel bike. That's sort of a, uh, corollary to their road bike. Um, I think there are other riders who, you know, want to go longer distances, want to push the limits of where they can go on a drop bar bike and maybe want to take on rougher roads, maybe just simply place, place a premium on sort of like the, the fun hog side of things. Um, and that's really where we're pointing the MCR. You know, um, I think a lot of us are riding more for fun these days than for competition. Um, MCR is perfectly positioned for that. Mm-hmm. Um, the other thing to bear in mind is that you know, this exact same debate was raging in the mountain bike universe a decade or two decades ago. Oh, full suspension's too heavy. Disc brakes are too heavy. Those wide tires are too heavy. It's all too heavy and we're going to go slower. <laughs> well, it did turn out eventually that um, people discovered that, you know, powerful braking actually makes you faster in the long run and a com- not comfortable but more control of the bike plus comfort uh, reduces muscle fatigue and adds confidence allows for higher speed turns out full suspension cross-country bikes have been proven to be faster and cost the rider less power mm-hmm. um to to propel so you know that's where i kind of come down um I really think that we will discover in the end that the MCR is just as fast as anything out there, despite, you know, call it what it is, three, four pound weight penalty. Um, There's no hiding it. Um, But I think the bike is plenty fast once you kind of realize what it's doing for you. Yeah. And I I also think, I mean, as a, as an old man trapped in a middle-aged man's body, <laughs> I, I think the the bike industry cliche that comfort comfortable is faster really does. There is truth to that. I mean, I can't tell you how many rides I've ended early or gone slower up, you know, up these climbs because my back hurt or because my, my the bike didn't fit properly or because I was beat up from a rigid fork, which I rode for years stupidly. Um, so the idea of balancing your body's uh, comfort for, for peak performance, essentially, there's something valid to that. And I think we get a little bit too focused on weight savings as uh, the way I'm going to get faster. And mm-hmm. that's, that's true to an extent, but at some point there's, there's a point of diminishing returns on that. And there's, yeah. other, there's other factors. And I think, you know, just like you said, when we went to 29er wheels and everybody freaked out about, you know, the weight and, and, you know, bigger tires and the weight and all that. And then we, we kind of come back to it and we're like, oh, there's benefits here beyond weight. 
you know, that, that matter more than weight that will make me faster. Um, I think that's what we're seeing with, with certain suspension designs in gravel. Um, you know, and I think there's plenty of people out there that would argue that full suspension gravel is not what we need because it's more than we need. And there's others who are going to say, you know what, that's going to keep me on the bike longer. I, that's exactly what I want. And for people who are like dirty Kanza bound and want to do the DK 350 or whatever it is, the DK XL, man, I would want suspension. You know, I would definitely want my body to be fresh after all those miles. Um, so I guess that begs the question, Zach, as somebody who's, you know, watching this happen from the development side, do you think you'll, do you think gravel suspension is the future? Uh, and I, I say that, I ask that question more as, you know, damped suspension, not as undamped, you know, you know, the springy type suspension that you mentioned earlier. Do you see that as the future of gravel? I think it's going to be a part of gravel. You know, we still have hardtail front forked mountain bikes. I think more, you know, one of the things that Niner encountered in developing this bike was a really limited selection of front forks, rear shocks, um, compatible brake calipers to fit, you know, the fork fitment. Um, we are hearing that more products uh, are in development and as more products you know are developed and more people you know test and improve and refine and you know i think the barriers to proper suspension on gravel bikes are going to start falling like dominoes honestly i really think that we're going to see more suspension forks on rigid gravel bikes. And I think we're going to see more full suspension gravel bikes. I think honestly, if, if I had to wager on something, I'd say track is closest to it. They've got a full, it's a short travel, full suspension, cross country world cup race bike um, that would make a great gravel bike, Yeah, yeah. you know? Um, so it, it's definitely coming. It's absolutely coming. My opinion. You know what I, I just realized is at the top of the show, we never really uh, went over uh, the MCR's specs. I mean, how much travel are we talking about uh, in this full suspension? I mean, because I think just the term full suspension is enough to scare off a lot of people. But really, you know, because we think of full suspension, we think of lots of lots of movement. Mm -hmm. uh, the MCR is not that. How much movement are we actually talking about front and rear? Yep. So the Fox AX fork is uh, one of few available and that offers 40 millimeters of front suspension travel. And in the back, we uh, settled on 50 millimeters. Um, so that is going to sound unbalanced. Any mountain bikers listening are going to say, oh, well, my mountain bike has, let's just say 100 in the back and 120 in the front. So why is it unbalanced on the MCR? Well, it's partly due to the rider's you know, position, we did bias it toward a seated pedaling sort of um, posture. Um, it's a little bit more in the back. And then as well, just limitations on available forks. Mm -hmm. uh, but as I say, we're hearing that more forks are becoming available. So we might see, you know, other bikes with forks and we might see a different travel range on the MCR. And you also mentioned that there's a lockout uh, for, for the suspension as well, correct? Mm -hmm. Yes, correct. So there's a remote rear uh, lockout on the handlebar, and then the fork has a lockout on the right side of the top cap. So in, in essence, you would have 
the ability to turn this bike into almost not maybe not quite rigid but rigid enough that it, you know say if you were on a sustained climb and you wanted the the suspension to not be active you could do that absolutely and it's it's very rigid it's a very firm lockout yeah. front and rear mm-hmm. okay and and i guess the last question is um you know we we've talked about this bike a lot in relation to racing and and i think you know that's that's valid for a lot of our listeners who are you know starting to to think about gravel races and, and there's just so many more gravel races now um but there's also the the gravel rider who's more adventure oriented um and the question we always get is how many water bottles can i fit on there and what are the what are the bosses like what are the mounts like um what is what's niner's take on that i mean can can the mcr handle that part of gravel as well yeah most definitely so there's room in the front triangle for two uh, water bottle cages, pretty standard. Um, there's also uh, mounts under the top tube and at the top of the down tube to accommodate. Uh, it's actually a custom bag that bolts directly to the frame without straps, without the need for Velcro straps. So that's a pouch that could accommodate you know, additional hydration or adventure gear or whatever. And then there's also a pair of mounts on the top of the top tube, just behind the stem, sort of a location made first made popular, I think, in the triathlon world, um, colloquially referred to as a bento box. But anyways, there are multiple um, options out there for accessory mounting of a water bottle cage or a bag or you know supplies of other types. <clears throat> so. It's uh, it's an adventure bike. If you want to go racing, you can load up on supplies or strip it down. It's you know versatility is really something that we try to bake into all the Niner bikes. Um, it, it's really for us. It's a, it's about fun and adventuring. We're not like Niner doesn't really have the DNA of a racing company uh, as much as some others. So um, we just like to get out and have fun riding on the dirt. Right on. And I guess with that, with that in mind, and, and I, this is this is a good way to wrap it up, is you know, Niners obviously has been working on the MCR for a long time. It came out uh, what about a year ago now. Um, obviously, I'm sure you guys are looking at the next refinements and the next uh, step. Um, can you give the audience a sense of what your feeling is as to where gravel is headed? Um, you know, it's such an it's still such a, a nascent sport. It's evolving. Um, it's sort of splitting into that race, uh, and adventure, two different paths, essentially. Um, what's, what's Niner focusing on, uh, as in terms of development for the future of gravel? Oh my gosh. That's such a good question. (laughs) I, I don't really know, honestly. I mean, um, we're just kind of continuing to make bikes that are fun to ride in all circumstances. So, um, yeah, racing is growing. Okay. For sure. But, um, one sort of reality that I think we sometimes overlook as a, as a, I don't know, an industry or people making stuff is that, you know, not everybody's on that race course to contend for the top 20 or whatever it is, you know? So we're going to keep building bikes that make the experience more enjoyable. So, um, I think, you know, suspension is a big component of that um, because once people who are accustomed to glassy, smooth asphalt roads go spend a little time on gravel, yeah, that 50 miles, that's going to feel pretty different. Mm -hmm. Um, 
both from a you know comfort and control standpoint. Yeah. So I, I'm you know we're confident that suspension is absolutely the future. Um, as far as the sport goes, who knows? Sky's the limit. I really think that um, that yeah we've only just scratched the surface. Yeah. So it it's just it's just going to keep evolving and, and expanding. And I think. Um, you know, racing is just one part of it. I think people are going to travel places on bicycles that they never thought possible. Yeah. Right on. Thanks uh, very much for joining me today, Zach. I appreciate your time. Uh, and for those of you listening, uh, if you have questions about this podcast or any of the podcasts in the Velo News atmosphere, please do feel free to tweet at me at Brown Tie Dan. You can also find me on Instagram at that very same handle, or you can email me dcavalleri at velonews.com. And if you have suggestions for topics you'd like me to cover on the tech podcast, please do feel free to get in touch with me. And thanks again for joining us this week.